Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's the vibe, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Running Off the Screen. I'm the man they call Mac, and I'm joined by a few of my boys. We got Jay, we got Curly, and we got EA. And we're going to just talk about the Raptors season that just finished up. And a few topics that we're going to touch on is who will be, who is the Raptors MVP of the regular season? Uh, who will be the most valuable bench player in the first round for us against the Sixers and just our overall prediction for the series. Do we think it's going to be a sweep either, either way, uh, who are going to be some X factors. And, uh, I like to start with the first topic. Um, who is the Raptors regular season MVP? And I'll start with Curly. Well, you know, we, we started off the beginning of the season saying that this was Fred VanVleet's team. And I think most of the Raptors fan base, or at least the more educated ones, uh, assumed that Fred Van Vliet was going to be that guy. And he was relied upon when Pascal was out. And he shouldered a heavy load even at the beginning of the, cal- of the calendar year leading into All-Star. But it quickly shifted to Pascal. And he's my pick for MVP. I, I, I don't know where the Raptors would be this year if it wasn't for Pascal. I think his ability to, you know, pick up a few games after, you know, I think he was about like nine or 10 games missed before he he got back. And, you know, it was slow. And, you know, you heard the chatter online saying that, you know, it's the bubble Pascal or whatnot. And, Come January, more particularly up until the end of the season, he started to be dominant. And he wasn't just dominant on the offensive side of the ball. It was defensive, the hustle on the rebounding, then on the offensive end, having the confidence to take more jump shots, create other opportunities for himself, reading the double teams more, becoming a better facilitator he became a triple threat type player and everyone on the Raptors benefited from it. And Mac, you alluded to this um, in one of the podcasts is that Fred Van Vliet benefits from the high level play of Pascal Siakam. And then once that was their bread and butter, then you saw a transition between him and Scotty Barnes, and then they started to play well off each other. So, what we saw was basically Pascal adapting on a game to game basis, whatever he needed to be, whatever needed to be done. He was able to provide that. And I don't think we would be having this conversation, or at least I would be having this opinion of him 
if he didn't go through those struggles in the bubble, if we didn't have the adversity of Tampa, where he not only had to get himself emotionally ready, but mentally, physically, spiritually, to be the Pascal that we see before us, all, all NBA Pascal, no doubt in my mind, he's the MVP for the Raptors. And Jay, do you feel the same way? Um, well, at the beginning of the year, you know, going to midseason, I would have said Fred Van Fleet. Second half of the season, I'm definitely going to say Siakam. For the whole season in totality, I'm going to say the MVP of this team has been Nick Nurse. Um, the main reason is when you look at the Raptors roster top to bottom, it's not the most impressive roster. There was a lot of questions coming into the season about, you know, look at this team full of 6'9", 6'8", players, uh, you know, lacking rebound. They were a poor rebounding team last year. You're looking at the roster turnover from the championship squad to this squad we have right now. Uh, you know, getting a rookie, Scotty Barnes, you're bringing in Achua, you brought in, you brought in Dragic, who didn't last long. Like, there's all these changes. But the one cost, constant has been Nick Nurse. And, you know, there was a lot of questions after the championship season What um, going in was, can, can, can this guy really coach? Is he really a good coach? Uh, you know, when we had that terrible season with COVID and, you know, not being at home. and But the Raptors have been able to rebound. And a testament to that is just Nick Nurse, man. I think he's had this team prepared game after game. And the schemes that he's drawn up and making, just taking this roster, what he has, and just maximizing everybody's potential. It's it's amazing. I agree with that. That's a good take. Um, I guess the, the Lakers agree with that as well. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how, how you feel about the regular season MVP? And then we'll touch on the Knicks uh, Nurse stuff after. Yeah. Yeah, so mine was more so <clears throat> along the lines of Jay, where, you know, um, I know there's only one MVP, you know, winner for the year, but I I kind of have two. So first, <clears throat> the first half of the season before, you know, he got the injuries, um, you know, definitely was Fred. Yeah, so he finished the season with a, a new, you know, season record for the Raptors of 242 threes. Is his first time being an all-star this season. And on the defensive side, you know, he was top five in steals, second in deflections a game, which is, you know, pretty, pretty really, uh, um, I guess, amazing because he's like 5'10", 5'11", pretty much. And I truly believe he'll probably get probably get all-defensive team, I, I hope. He's certainly done more than enough, you know, to, to warrant it. And even if that doesn't happen, he's one of, he's shown that he's one of the best defenders in the league. And, um, now, for my other MVP for the second half of the season, is definitely you know, Pascal. He had a great impact. You know, he's guarded all NBA talks and didn't even make an All Star game. And also, that's 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 pretty amazing itself. Um, started this season slow, missing eleven of the first thirteen games <clears throat> because he's come off surgery and then he missed training camp as well. So when he came back, that was his, I guess, his training camp in a sense. Then he started playing really good, but then he went super sane, you know, after the All-Star break. Um, just like Fred, Pascal, you know, he made history as well this year in terms of the numbers he put up. You know, getting over 1,500 points, over 500 boards, over 300 assists in the season. You know, um, and that puts him up there in terms of averages with like Luka, LeBron, Jokic. <clears throat> and then just his playmaking was superb, you know, where him and Scotty took over for, for Fred when Fred was out. And, you know, with, with a superb play, we were able to get out of the play-in. You know, we were pretty much in the play-in all season. Then he just went off, and then, you know, we moved up to fifth. So, 
I, I, I'll just say, I guess I'll just say, yeah, I'll just go to one person. I will say Pascal is definitely you know, MVP for this season. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think he, he narrowly edged out Fred Van Vliet. Fred's injury kind of like derailed his, his crazy season. <clears throat> and I take into account like the mismatch uh, aspect as well. Like with Pascal, you know, there's not really much you can do as a defender when Pascal has the ball. You know, he could post you up. You know, he can hit that corner three. He'll spin move on you. You know, uh, he'll drive, finish with either hand. He's faster than most bigs. He's stronger than most guards. And I think when you're thinking about the most valuable player, it's, it's a player who you can't really phase as much on that, on that roster. But I like what Jay said about Nick Nurse. I think he should be getting a little bit more credit as far as coaching goes. And I don't I don't know. Is he a top three coach um, in, the, in the NBA as far as coach of the year candidates? Oh, oh, my man. Well, my opinion, definitely, because nobody thought the Raptors would be, you know, in the playoffs, let alone even, like, you know, maybe going to play in that state. But, yeah, looking like even a dark horse come out the East. So, definitely, I see them as him as a top three coach in the league right now, definitely, without a doubt. And you guys agree with that? You think he's a top three coach of the year candidate, Nick Nurse? I mean, you got uh, uh, Monty Williams is going to be up there again. Um, trying to think who else is. I, Jason I like Kidd. Mon- Jason Kidd did a good job in, in yeah, Dallas. Jason, he turned around in Dallas. Um, Mike Mike Malone should should get some love over there, even though I know Jokic is, you know, but he should be there too. And uh, who's the coach in Memphis? Taylor Tyler Jenkins. Jenkins. Taylor Jenkins, yeah. Hey, he should get some love too, man. That's, mm. There's a lot of good coaches. Okay. Um, yeah, I, 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 sorry, Mac. Um, no, I, I, I agree with everything that you guys are saying. I think there's a lot of good options. I think, I, I think, when you look at what what a great coach is, you know, and I love the fact that uh, Jay brought up Mike Malone. I mean, the amount of injuries that they they endured with key pieces, having to rely on Jokic to basically carry second tier third tier guys i mean i think aaron gordon was disappointing for them for most of the season but he caught fire as of late um but i think how could you not have nurse at at, at minimum in a top five conversation for coach of the year i think you know to ea's point we weren't i mean i pegged them just from their off season with with defense as their focal point and not knowing where the offense was coming from that was one of our major concerns and to to take that team from a play-in to in a playoff position top five in the east where the east was no cakewalk all season long it was it was neck and neck teams were jockeying for position almost on a day-to-day basis and for him to take a team that had no expectations to not only exceeding expectations taking a first year rookie and, and making him an, a very important piece to a a team with championship DNA how can you not you look at some of the other teams you look at the Spolstras you look at the Budenholzers you look at Monty Williams and don't get me wrong I do believe Monty Williams deserves it but those guys have familiarity with the pieces that they had there this is something brand new that Nurse had to figure out on the fly. Like, who would have thought that small ball would have saved the Raptors' season? 
I would have never expected that. And I don't think any other coach would have thought of that other than Nick Nurse. That's a very good point because Nick Nurse has had success with like three totally different rosters throughout his tenure with the Raptors. That is very difficult to do. You see Frank, what's happening with Frank Vogel, right? He's, he's out of his job because of how the roster makeup is. It's very difficult to adjust your schemes to what the, what the, the front office puts out there for you. And he's just been able to do it. He's been able to adapt each and every time. And that's the sign of a good coach. Absolutely. Not to mention turning uh, Gary Trent Jr. into a very underrated two-way player. That yeah. was huge, huge for us uh -huh. this season. I, I think the I think the the key to what he's doing is um, he's he's making it an effort, an effort thing. He doesn't care how many shots you hit. If you're bringing that effort on a defensive end, he's going to give you minutes, and sooner or later, you're going to start hitting those shots. Because you see a guy like Precious Achua earlier on, he wasn't shooting threes like that. But he kept playing defense, he kept hustling, and he got those opportunities, and you see what it's turning into now. He's slowly turning into a, a major threat. And that brings me into our next topic. Well, I kind of give away who I, I'm going to pick, but which bench player is the most important player for the Raptors uh, for the first round, sir? And I'll start with Curly again. Well... Mac, you and I have had this conversation, and I don't know if we had this conversation, gentlemen. I wasn't a very uh, enthusiastic about Precious Situa, <laughs> but um, I, he he's shown through hard work and effort alone. And I always gravitate to players like that because when I was playing basketball, I wasn't the most talented, but I'll give you an effort. I stick to what is familiar and. That's what Precious Achua did, and I, and that resonates with me. And he he is that spark plug coming off the bench. I think his ability to guard multiple positions, um, the ability to put the ball on the floor, to run the fast break, like how many big men running around six eight, six nine, possibly six ten that could keep up with Precious Achua on a fast break. And we've seen him, we've seen him have the ability to not only dribble up and dunk it down the lane we've also seen him pull up from the perimeter which i i, I think we've seen it in the minnesota game i was there and i'm like i didn't even know like, yeah yeah i don't even i didn't even know he he could do that but shooting shooting what makes what makes anyone a great shooter is confidence and pressure Sichua is not lacking that he's oozing that but it's not it's not having a negative return on the team now before his overconfidence would cost us possessions he would you know either force the issue now he's taken a step back he's more inclined of uh, making the higher percentage plays more often than not now and he's a problem i mean he started some games for us and he put up some decent numbers and having that versatility to not to put up starter numbers coming off the bench, how, how could he not be the most important player coming off the bench for us? And Jay, do you agree? Uh, I don't know. I would. I, I'm gonna say. I mean, there's only two guys. I mean, like how how deep do we think the Raptors go this way? Are we are we playing a seven man rotation? Are we playing an eight man rotation? Like I would I would think it would may, might be an eight man. Yeah, just a big zone, I think. Just a big zone, yeah. right? So, yeah. Well, you got sad there as well. I think. Right. Yeah, sad. Oh shoot. Yeah. Yeah. So like, mm -hmm. 
I guess I yeah I, I guess you would have to say Achua just because, or or you could say Boucher. The, between the two of them, you gotta get they gotta give you something. You know, the the only good thing with this series is that um, both benches are the, at the lower end of bench scoring. So I don't really think the bench is gonna have that much of a factor this series. Like it, it's if, if if our bench doesn't produce. I don't think it will be that much of a, have that much of an impact on this series. It's going to come down to the starters. Mm. EA, do you think so? Um, well, my I think more so along the lines of Curly. Um, I believe Precious will be the most important bench player um, in the first round because he's going to be asked you know, to try and help slow down Joel Embiid. I was looking at numbers, and when Joel was guarded by Precious, Joel was nine thirty six. While Precious was guarding him, so of course that comes with like you know double teams and so on as well. But that's a really really good stat because no other big on our team was actually you no know, um, able to guard him. Everybody else was like getting like fifty percent over. That's what he was shooting on them. So I believe you know definitely Precious. He's going to be the one that's going to have to carry the load for us, especially you no know, um, maybe if, if Scotty or somebody you know slows down a little bit. We need the energy off the bench, and you know we start off slow, the starters or so on. So, and then um, especially with Precious off the bench, and and having Joel guarding him with his threes, like Gray Allen now from the three point line, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that definitely would have to you know have it be you know come out to the perimeter to contest him, and then um, he just you know has a high motor, just he just running no matter what, just crashing the boards. You know, the last two games, he averaged like 20 and 6 against them as well, right? So they couldn't really contain him at all. Um, and yeah, and he's guarding, guarding the perimeter. So he's pretty much doing everything. Pretty much what everybody else is doing, he's been doing the exact same thing. Guarding the perimeter, guarding the big. So, and he's a high motor. So I definitely feel he's going to be the most important off the bench. And then I'll say, you know, 1B definitely will be Boucher as well. Because he's been playing well with his re- offensive rebounding threes. You know, getting the blocks, you know, weak side blocks as well. So... But mainly, I definitely would say precious. I think I think that's like a a good trend we're starting to see with our team because, like, when it comes to like the MVP question, we said it, it was Fred. Now it's Pascal, and now we're thinking about the bench. We're like, it could be precious, but it could be Boucher. So I think that's a good problem to have. Um, and I agree. I think it will probably have to be precious because I know you're not going to stop James Harden, but he was able to move with him on the perimeter. He was able to switch, like you said, uh, EA, and, and cause some issues with with uh, Joel Embiid in the post. And I think his confidence is, again, his switchability, his athleticism, can't really be matched by anybody on that roster, on the Sixers. So I know it's not going to be a, a, a game of benches, but it, it, it's good to know that we have a better asset off the bench than they do. All right, so we have the last topic, and we're going to do... a head-to-head breakdown of the matchups of the starting lineups for the Raptors and Sixers series. Who are we lining against? Like, who's against who? Is it going to be Fred? Do you line up Fred with with Harden in the matchup, or do you Fred with Maxi? How do? How would you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Fred and Fred and Maxi. Because um, no, with Trent, he's more. He's he's well. He's taller than um than uh the front, of course. But you know he has. I think in terms of um the impact of the game or foul trouble, I I would more so want 
um, you know, Fred on, on Harden, just in case, you no know, Beth, he gets in foul trouble. And, you know, of course, you know, during the season, you know, Pascal and Scotty, they ran the point guard, but that was you know, during the season. Like, this is playoff time, right? And Fred, he's, he's been he's been through the war zone, been through the trenches. Um, you know, he he played great D on, um, was it Steph Curry in the finals as well? So I want to keep on the court as much as possible. So, and with with um, him guarding, obviously, Maxi, Maxi, you know, he, he could definitely shoot and so on, but he's not more, he's more of a, a threat to score, but not more of a threat to drive and get, and get, um, get Fred in foul trouble, right? So I would say Fred guards Maxi, and then, of course, Trent guarding um, Harden. You know, Trent, defense speaks for himself. You know, leading, leading one of the league leaders in deflections in the league. You know, top, pretty much like top ten in steals as well. Uh, I mean, he's he's aggressive on defense. So even if Harden's just dribbling the ball, dribbling the ball, trying to you know get get him to the sleep, just to blow past him. Trent will still be alert, moving his legs. So he's he's very active. Um, so definitely, I would see you know Trent on Harden, and then um, OG, OG. Um, I, I would say I'll put OG. Because Danny's not gonna do nothing. Pretty much just stand there and shoot threes. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'd rather have OG guard um, Tobias and let Pascal just you know roam around, roam around the court and use less energy on defense. You know, staying on on Danny, and then of course at, at the center position. Oh man, this is hard. Right. Actually, you're gonna put yeah, you're gonna put you're gonna put Scotty on Embiid. I don't know about that. Hey, 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 Scotty could do it, man. Scott, Scotty, Jay knows, Jay knows, but um, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, Scotty, yeah, I'll, I'll leave Scotty on Danny, let Scotty roam around, and you know, Pascal put him back on Embiid a little bit, and let um, Scotty help off on um, on Embiid, and yeah, just double him, and then you no, know, hopefully, Danny Green, you know, misses. That's what I get. That's what I hope in terms of Embiid and the Sixers, everybody's gonna get double teamed, but. Hopefully, when he kicks it out to Niang or kicks it out to to Shake or um, or Danny Begamon Green, you know, hopefully they miss <laughs> or you know cause turnover. So, matchup wise, just to end it off, Fred on on um, on Maxi Harden with Trent, Scotty with Danny, and then um, OG on Tobias. Tobias he's hit or miss, and then yeah, Pascal. Guarding, um, guarding Embiid. Okay, Jay, how do you see it lining up? Um, I mean, it's kind of the same. You, you got the thing with my main thing is who's going to be guarding Embiid. I, I know that's going to be a, a, a team effort. Or uh, and for me, if I'm Nick Nurse, do his thing. We know, uh, you know, he's going to be putting up thirty. That's fine. It's it's the other guys I'm worried about. We don't want them. I'm not even too worried about Harden because we have the, the players to match up with him well, give him fits. So, I mean, you could put Fred anywhere, I mean, from guarding, except for Harden, but you could put Fred on Danny. You could put Fred on, on even on Tobias. Uh, I, got, I mean, it's just our team is very versatile. The fact is that I'm just more worried about how we're going to get Embiid, like what, what the game plan is for Embiid. It's not about, for me, a player to, for player for player. It's more about uh, the team as a whole, like the team defense. Like That's what I'm worried about. 
And uh, Curls, how how do you think it's gonna how we're gonna match up in the, as far as the starters go? Yeah, I, I think it's pretty much the same thing. I mean, Freddie on Maxi, uh, but then I look at the matchup individually. Who has the edge? As, as great a, a season as Maxi has had as a starter, you got the championship pedigree. You got the All Star Fred VanVleet. You got to give him the edge. Then you look at the two guard. Most likely going to be Harden and Gary Trent. And I mean, Harden is an MVP. Was I mean, he is regarded as one of the best scorers in the game. But he's a shell of his former self right now, and I, I'll keep harping on this until people start acknowledging it. I think that hamstring injury from last season has done him has done him an, an ill deed. I don't think he's recovered from that fully. I mean, he even said that in the offseason. He spent most of the time relaxing. And one of the things that made Harden so effective was his pick for a step. He doesn't have that no more. So can you really say it's, a, it's an obvious edge over... Uh, uh, a player like Gary Trent, who's improved this season from a scoring standpoint, who's improved defensively, uh, in my opinion, should have been in the conversation for most improved player. He's he's uh, a when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm going to say one of the less popular two-way options of the league. But, and I, and I mean, there's so much upside with him. I don't see him doing much more, but can he become a better defensive player? Yeah, absolutely. Can he drop 30 points on a consistent basis? Yeah, possibly. When you when you have the confidence to shoot the ball, anything is possible. So to, to me, as of right now, Harden and Trent is a wash. Then you... Wow. That, that's just me. I know it's a hot take, but I agree. It, it, it's a wash. I, I mean... You look at the first five games of, of when Harden was there. I actually, sorry, I had it pulled up here. Um, the first five games where Harden was there, he was averaging 26 points per game. The last 17, 19. And how much is Gary Trent averaging? I think like what, three 18. points less? 18, okay, there you go, 18 yeah. points. So is, is the fall off that significant? Yeah, okay, he's a better facilitator than Gary Trent. That's probably one way to look at it but in terms of effectiveness do you really want somebody if you're the sixers do you really want somebody like with james harden resume to be a facilitator to be a role player you're going to lose the series if, if that's the case then you look at matisse thibault and danny green at the small forest spot you put them together they still can't match the production of og so i'm not going to waste my time with that then then you got Scotty Barnes on Tobias Harris. I mean, it's it's unfortunate that Tobias Harris is struggling the way that he, he is compared to what he was to Detroit and, and Orlando days, even the Clippers days. It, it seems that he's kind of what Kevin Love was to the Cavs now, where he's just resorted to a spot-up shooter, but... <laughs> You know what I mean? But he's not even doing that. You can see it. Like, he's not hes not the same player. So, who knows what you're going to get from him. And I mean, Scotty Barnes, superstar in the making. <laughs> Scotty Barnes. <laughs> Give it to Scotty Barnes. That Tobias is uh, 
as Shaq would say, barbecue chicken. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, Embiid and Pascal, uh, it, it like, you know, to everyone's point, it's going to be a collaborative effort. But the one thing I, I love, and obviously you give the edge from like more of a physical standpoint, more of that big man role where Pascal is more on the perimeter than, than Embiid. So you give the slight edge to Embiid, but we've also saw what Pascal did to Embiid. And, and for me, uh, and like I mentioned with Mac and my podcast, Live by the Three Folks, um, where he pump faked the hell yeah, out of flying. Embiid. And he went flying. Mm -hmm. Like that was the moment where, you know, Pascal is here. And I don't think he's going to back down from Embiid. He's going to give it to him on the offensive end, but obviously on the defensive end, it's going to take a collaborative effort. But right now, I would take a, the championship pedigree of the Raptors over the Sixers starting five. That's interesting. You know, I think we're forgetting about one aspect. I just thought about this. It's, it's the refereeing. And... James Harden and Embiid are masters at getting to the line. So I think a big X factor in this series is obviously keeping those guys away from the free throw line. Because what we've seen with the Sixers, at least the way they ended the season, is that there's really not much flow to their offense anymore. You know, they rely on getting to the line, slowing mm -hmm. down the game. And I guess it helps Harden with his hamstring issues. He doesn't have to run up and down and use his quick first step like you mentioned. He just has to get his points at the line get the other teams in the penalty and rack up their points that way. And I think if depending on what the U S media wants to do, I don't know. Well, it's, it's tough to say the media because the Raptors did win a championship like three years ago or whatever, yeah. <laughs> but mm. it's tough to see how it's tough to say how this game, this series is going to be refed. And I, that's my only worry about this one. I think matching up, you guys hit it on the head. Like we're, we kind of match up well against this team as far as a head to head, except for the MB. But we have the defensive schemes. We've slowed him down in the past. So I think we just have the edge as far as that goes. And even in the bench, I think our bench is way better than the Sixers bench. Can you name three bench pieces on the Sixers bench? I know the playoffs is not about the bench, but sure. can you can you name three players like that can impact the game? No. <laughs> like, no. give me one name. Well, yeah. No. <laughs> well, of course, of course, there's, yeah, well, Curly and, and Magno, yeah, Niang, he's, if he's open, if MB is getting double team and he's open, I'm going to close my eyes and hope he misses. But that's the only person I, I worry about off the bench, him only. Shake, nah, not at all. And who else do they have? That Paul, that Paul Reed guy oh, is. Paul uh, Reed, oh, well, I guess he has energy, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, he's just, he's, yeah. <laughs> what happened to Cork? What happened to Cork Like, is he is he still in the league? Like, what? Is, he's on the team, I know, yeah, but like, for con, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know what they're doing with that bench. But uh, um, it's, it's gonna come down to the starters, man. Mm -hmm. I think Cork is is planning his uh, his career overseas right now. He's <laughs> on the phone with Real Madrid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know what I've been a, a funny move if the Raptors before the deadline to you know you have a deadline to sign players and they can make your playoff roster if the Raptors just signed Mark Gasol and made him sit on the bench until the series or or you know what they should do the first home game in in Toronto they should have Mark Gasol sit courtside with his championship ring that'd be funny that, that that would be amazing but no you know um you know I think. 
the sh- the lack of depth that no longer the lack of depth that exists on the Sixers bench right now after losing somebody like Seth Curry and, and Drummond has really strapped them to depend on people that are n- maybe not able to live up to those kind of expectations. And you know, to Jay's point, I don't really think it's going to come down to the role players, but we all know come postseason. Yeah, you know you're gonna you you know what you're gonna get from the starters, but sometimes those role players play a very fiscal role in and 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 how your team uh, succeeds in in the postseason. But I think it's expected that the role players are going to have open opportunities with double teams being sent over MB's way, and especially the way that the Raptors rotation, where you know we overcommit more more times and not. Uh, somebody is going to be left open, but we did that last game and we ended up winning and taking that, uh, putting that aside, if you're telling me that I'm going to have to be concerned with the likes of Niang, Thibault, Maxi, a struggling Harris, uh, all those guys, the others, as they say, beating us in a series, I definitely like our chances. But how do you think the series will play out? You know what? Um, I, I have two voices speaking to me on my shoulder. The 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 unbiased side is saying that the Raptors win 4-2. I really see the Raptors beating them in six games just because we have the ability to do so. Um, um, we have the defensive schemes. We have the depth. We have the players that can do that. Um, so I really think that 4-2 is realistic. And I don't want to take anything away from the Sixers. They have proven to be a solid team all season long. Don't really care for them, but they've proven it. So let's give them credit. Uh, but the other side of me, the bias side, the pro Raptors side, I see them beating them four to one. I don't think that's unrealistic either. I do feel that home court advantage and maybe the referees do have a role to play, but all, all the Raptors need is one game, one game on the Sixers uh, home court and, so and we, and we can steal the series, but I think four two final answer four two. Raptors is very realistic. Jay, do you agree with that? Four one. Yes. <laughs> Not scared. Uh, we're gonna split in Philly. We're gonna take both at home. I was, how's it go? It doesn't go. It goes two two one one one. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna split in Philly. We take two here, and then we're gonna go back there and end it. And the it's gonna be so sweet when we end it in Philly because. You know the media is gonna come and just that Philly, that Philly fan base, and they're just gonna just tear this team apart. <laughs> and uh, it's like I said, you. But the funny thing is that the the U.S. media right now is like they they know they know about the as much as they do, they don't like talking about the Raptors. They know they like everywhere I'm seeing is saying you know the Sixers. This isn't gonna be an easy matchup, and people are picking the Raptors already. So you know they they know they're speaking on both sides of their mouth. Some people are yeah. saying. Oh, I do think the Sixers are going to win, but like yeah. that's that that's what you're hearing yeah. all the time. You know what I mean? They're hedging their bets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. But four one, man. Let's claim it. Raps and Raps and five. Wow. Love so it. EA, did, are you going Raps and six or Raps and five? Yeah, I'm. I'm saying six. Um, especially since Tyball can't, you know, he can't come to Canada, so that's you know a huge advantage for us. Who cares? Um, Who cares? Hey, Tyball, he's he's a he's a. I'll give him respect. He can't shoot for nothing, but defensively, uh, I respect that guy. And then um, Matisse Thibault is the equivalent of your 2K creative player, and you start off with a 60 overall. 
Like, come on, man. Like, let's be real here. Let's be real here. I think I defensively, defensively, he's a threat, but offensively, oh, okay, I'm, but I'm leaving else? it there. Yeah, what yeah. else is he going to do? Okay, I'll have five Matisse Thibault guarding every position. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, no, no, I hear you. I hear you. No, sorry, I sorry. Like, yeah, I just wanted to say that. Sorry. <laughs> but I do feel like, you know, like like one game, you know, like there's like um the year we faced Orlando, the first game. Or was it was it DJ Augustine just hit that? Yeah, DJ Augustine. Like, yeah. But I feel like I feel like one game Thibault is just gonna come out <laughs> and Philly and just start hitting threes. Like I I, I, I can see it happening with our luck, with our with our luck at times. But why do anyways though? Six games Raptors. Um, just based off you know Doc Rivers, you no know, playoff history, Harden's playoff history, and then uh, Embiid's short so far playoff history. Just both three combined. It's not it's not a good mix at all. Um and yeah, we're playing with house house money right now. Like we we're we're the underdogs, like we have nothing to lose. The pressure's all on them, right? So I definitely see us taking it in six. Um and yeah, definitely taking it in six. And I say we go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Call up and down. I like it. Yeah, that's where I see us going too, brother. Yeah. I, I like it. I agree. Uh, one thing I want to add before you jump in, Mac, isn't it crazy that People are picking Sixers, or we being, we are being regarded as an underdog three years removed from a championship. I think that's absolutely bonkers. But but e- even a championship aside, we beat them three one this season. Like yeah, we beat what, them. That's what I'm you know, it's it's. I don't understand it. Well, I do understand it. I just don't know why they think that way. You know what I mean? And I hey, think I want to say something. And you, let me just you see what Curly said. Coming off of a championship. Roster changes, roster moves, and we're still in playoffs. Unlike other teams that come off championships and make roster moves, <laughs> can't even make a play. Let me just—that's all I want to say. That's a good point. That's Thank a good you. point. Bravo, bravo. Go, yeah. Golf clap, golf clap, golf clap. <laughs> <laughs> so next topic: X factors in this series. I know it, I kind of brought up uh, the refereeing. So what else do you guys think? <clears throat> and I'll start with uh, Curly. Well, I'm going to speak on behalf of both teams, even though I do not care about the other team in question. But, you know, if you're the if you're the Sixers, I think it's disappointing to say, but I think it's he's a very important piece. I think the X factor for them is Harden. You don't know. You don't know which version of Harden you're going to get. Are you going to get the first five games of James Harden as a Sixer or are you going to get the last 17 games of James Harden? Um you know, like I said, I think his injury is, a, you know, has interfered with his play physically more so than he's letting on. But see it, you know, the first step is not there. That's what made him so deadly. Um, he's half a step slower. The defenses, especially our defense, can catch up to him, put up that wall, and force the others to to hit perimeter shots or attempt to hit perimeter shots. As long as you're keeping Harden off the line, you, know, you have a chance to win the series, of course. Uh, for the Raptors, I think it's Scotty Barnes. I think Scotty Barnes has has exceeded expectations, especially that D plus grade that we got from ESPN for drafting him. But you know, we don't have time for all of that. But I think if he has a great series, and I think he's the one that has the least amount of pressure on him. I mean, everybody's expecting Pascal to be this to take it up another level, if possible. We we know what we're getting from Fred VanVleet. 
Uh, you know what you're getting from Gary Trent. You somewhat know what you're going to get from OG, but the one thing that we will never question is his defensive presence and how much it's been missed in some part of the game uh, this season. But Scotty Barnes and and his ability to kill you on both sides of the ball, like, you know, he's a point guard. He's a, he's a small forward. Sometimes he's a center. You know what I mean? He's killing you on the pick and roll passes. He's hitting you with those cross-court passes for the open three. Um, and, and, and when he's seeing a gaps in the defenses, he's going right down the middle and ducking it on your head top. So I really feel that if Scotty Barnes has this series or, or continues his, his already impressive season in year one, the Raptors will come away with that. But for me, X factor for the Sixers, Harden Barnes for the Raptors. And, uh, Jay, who are your X factors? Uh, X Factor for me is, I'm just going to talk about Raptors side, man. It's uh, Pascal Siakam. And I only say that because 2019, when he was like, I want to say he was the number two, number three option on our championship squad. We saw what he can do uh, the year after that without uh, Kawhi, without Danny Green. Uh, that Boston series, he he kind he, he shrunk, you know. Um, he left a lot on the table. You know, everybody was kind of depending on him to step up. We didn't make playoffs last year. And now this year, it's it's like it's it's going to be a, a redemption story of sorts for him. Where now, after seeing how he came on in the second half, how he finished his season, uh, this is it. This is for him. You know, everybody was talking about that contract. This is a time for him to show that, you know, I'm not a fluke. Uh, you know, I, I am I am what I am. What you've seen, I'm I'm the real deal. So I'm going to say Pascal, and I believe he can do it this series. And EA, who are your uh, X factors? Uh, for Philly, it's definitely the three-point shooters because sort of for NBA's get doubled a lot, so it's up to the three-point shooters. Hopefully, they, they they miss, but it's up to them, to, you know, hit open shots and you know keep I guess Raptors defense honest. Um, so they don't always just you know double double um Embiid and trap them and leave them open. You know, be at least of a threat. And then uh, on the Raptors side, definitely um. I would say precious, precious and Boucher because once again, a big factor is Embiid. So there's going to be different different bodies on him every time. Like using our fouls on him, you know, different multiple like you know six, eight, six, nine guys on him. So and with those energy, with those guys, the energies they have, and then they're able to build to the buck on the weak side, and just I guess kind of I guess in our for our team be a um, kind of rip protection for us. Um, yeah, yeah, those would be my guys uh, for the Raptors. And I think um, for the Sixers, I believe a guy like uh, Tobias Harris. You know, we I think the Raptors are gonna have a like an easy time shutting down that guard play with Maxi, because um, I know they're gonna Maxi and Tobias are gonna be open a lot in this series because we're gonna put a lot of focus on Harden and Embiid. So I think a guy like Tobias Harris, if he can give them like eighteen to twenty points. In a game, they're they're gonna pull out one or two of those those wins we're saying they're gonna get, and if he doesn't, it's good luck because you're gonna need <laughs> Embiid and Harden to score 100 points or 90 points or whatever. I'm just being I'm being ridiculous with that, but you know what I mean. They got to do all the work, mm -hmm. and yeah. I don't know how sustainable that is for them, especially with with Harden hobbling around on that hamstring. And uh, for the Raptors, I think an X factor will be Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, like we said, we said there's the matchup with Harden. Um, 
if he can stay stay focused defensively, if he can hit those threes, because he is streaky. He has some moments where he'll give you 30 a game, but he does he had those nights where he'd give you nine and at like 33% shooting. So if he can come in, hit his shots, um, stay aggressive, I think he would be a very big key to our our, our um, playoff run. So thank you guys for watching. Uh, I want to thank Curls, Jay, and EA for providing your insight. I'll be back again next week. And until next time, remember to like, subscribe, and raise the vibe. Peace. Peace. Peace.